I, la I, I really enjoy those last few notes of that song. This is Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology, still telling it like it is. And I am, oh, make sure that you uh, push the button to tell your friends, your enemies, and all these different people that Apostle Barry Cook and I are on. And we want to share different things with you. And today, Apostle Barry is going to talk about the different types of churches. So without any other ado, I'm going to bring him in. And we're just going to flow with the Spirit. So hi there, my friend. Praise God. Dr. Baker, always a pleasure. Uh, to be a part of what you are doing here in the kingdom work. So, yeah, I'm excited to be able to talk about some of the things today. I know we left off last week talking about some elements of um, apostolic leaders and, and as we make transitions and get team oriented in the things that we are working towards and move out of kind of a single person deal. And, and because we have to make that transition somewhere to we un really understand the value of teams and training people and stuff of that nature. And so I had a good time talking about that kind of stuff. And you know what, Dr. Baker, I just want to say, one of the things I love about your program is the ability to follow the Spirit of God. So many programs and people are just stuck in myopic perspectives of life and, and how things should be that they, they, they block out sometimes what the Lord's trying to do and say. And I'm thankful that you leave that. I, I speak on so many platforms that you don't have the opportunity to follow what God is saying or things you're hearing while you're speaking. And, um, you know, and it always ties back in to the overall picture. And sometimes that separates people that hear by the spirit and those that hear by the intellect or the, or the flesh. But um, I just thank you that you give that opportunity on your show. It's a real blessing to my heart. God bless you, woman of God. <laughs> I love you. You, you know, uh, the spirit of God is the one that's, that's there. And I, I'm not going to, uh, I, I don't want to limit him. I don't want to limit him in, in the lives of the people that we're here to touch. So it is. Yeah. Uh, and if it only touches one person, if he had a whole program going for one person or one to get what it is that they need, then I'm pleased with that. So yeah, and my hopes, my hopes personally is that I can make some somebody mad and somebody sad and somebody glad, because <laughs> then I'll know I'm preaching the gospel. <laughs> Well, praise God. Uh, uh, enough, enough uh, prelim here, I guess. But yeah, I just uh, had on my spirit. I started a message the other day. I, I, I bounced across the top of a message the other day on a Zoom that I didn't have. I had about 20 minutes to be able to cover a topic completely. And so I didn't go down into it. But I've had so many questions about the topic and what I taught and would I be teaching more? Do I have... And so um, as I was um, really praying about what I was supposed to, it just kept coming to my spirit that um, to just sit down and kind of teach back through some of these elements, because it's not just about building churches. The concept that's holding the churches back and that is advancing the churches are the things that we can learn from as people and realize that those are things, we're not taught those things, that's why the church isn't growing this way, we are taught these things, but we're not active in them, therefore, it's not the ministry's fault, it's my fault, and then, of course, those areas that aren't being taught that, and ministries that aren't even going that direction, you know, you comes a time once you get revelation 
that sometimes you have to see people's churches served a purpose, (laughs) but they can't take you to the next place. Some places and ministries, all they do is, I have a, I should be careful how personal I make this, but I have a a, a long-time ministry acquaintance, (laughs) distanced from it a little bit in my language, but but he's a great guy. But all he preaches about is one day, and it's coming. And it's going to be there. And it's kind of almost there. It's great. And everybody gets fired up every time. But it's never. It's like years and years and years and years and years and years and years. And I tease him all the time, but that doesn't stop him because people people would rather hear about something and undo it. And, and then something doesn't go the direction they want and they complain about it. And you think, but you didn't do enough. You didn't push. You didn't release any energy. You didn't release any prayers. You didn't have any good works building up to offset all the crap going on in the in the, in the world. But, you know, it's all a matter of us understanding. You know, it's like people say, I'm sick of the church. You know, I heard that dude, Andrew Tate, real popular dude now uh, on masculinity, um, stepping up and he's give his opinion on Christianity. And he's you know, the reason I'm not a Christian is Christians don't even follow their own rules. It's a, it's a, it's, um, you know, in Christianity, if you're going to move on, you got to sacrifice and nobody's willing to sacrifice. You got to lay things aside. Nobody's willing to do that. You know, you got all this hype up in the churches and stuff like this, but I don't see them on their faces worshiping God like, like some of these other religions do. And he's carrying on with that, but I'm a Christian, but that's why I'm not going to be one any longer. And I'm going to start, I'm thinking, what about you setting the example, Jack? I mean, you're talking to you're talking about you. You're not talking about anyway. It's so such wisdom on some things, and such stupidity on. But that's why the Bible says you must be born again, and you can't see the kingdom of God. It takes a transition. I'm on that bunny trail now, hopping, hopping, accomplishes. <laughs> you know. And, and that's a problem. And that's how we approach church. And we have to have a shift in our thought patterns. We have to have paradigm shifts. We have to have shifts where the concept we think about church and, and, and God, we have to put it to the sign and be willing to hear what God is saying. What we learned got us this far. Now, we're still standing on those things, but how do we get to the next place? You know, and we have to look at these paradigms, these frameworks of thought that that are seldom stated explicitly, but yet they're in our subconscious even about what church is. Because church is limited right now in its expansion because God is waiting on us to do something that he's been talking through us for forever about doing, but we can't be either all the way this way or all the way that way. And then we try and mess up and throw it all out. And another generation has to restart and it's like, Lord Jesus, just get out there and stick it out till you figure the formula. But the Bible gives us avenues, and these we see these constantly. And one of them, of course, is what is called in 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 studying, you know, the church uh, in its work, um, you know, uh, in the earth is the the Jerusalem concept, the Antioch concept, and the Ephesus concept. Now, these are concepts because all the rest of the churches that were planted, so um, they all took on the nature of that particular place until future revelation came on the scene. And in general, the Jerusalem concept 
of, of building churches was, you know, on Peter. Um, he got in there, and then later James took over. But in the Jerusalem concept of building churches, the church is built as a little kingdom of its own. You know, it's it's and, and I've done that. I mean, it, and it is in a way still. I mean, you can't say it's not, but it's little is the key. <laughs> it's not the main thing. It's just a it's a, a a small portion of insight into the functionary aspects of the kingdom of God in a religious format. <laughs> That makes sense to people. <laughs> I mean, religion is not a bad word in itself. Religion just means a practice of spiritual worship, a consistent practice of spiritual worship with methodologies. That's not that's not a sin. That's called faithful. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's there is a wrong type of religion though. And the Bible speaks of that too. You know, pure and undefiled religion. James said where he talked about like wisdom and then real wisdom, you know, there's a difference. But the Jerusalem concept is built like, you know, fortified city, reaches into heaven, shuts everybody out. Pretty much everybody looks the same, acts the same, moves the same, mostly the same race usually. And, you know, and the Antioch concept was different because, and we got stuck on the Antioch concept for a while, and we should because um, the Antioch concept building churches was just about having a base of operation for strategic spiritual maneuvering and advancement. Okay, that's a big step from the Jerusalem concept. They weren't thinking about going out. They were thinking about staying in, growing bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and still weren't going to the Gentiles and they were supposed to be preaching to Gentiles. But now rebellious people, that's a joke. I can put it in, in, in air quotes. God knew what God said, left and started churches in other places. And, you know, because that was when the Jews got scattered, they were surprised when they went out and found all these people like that. Why not cell group leader over there with us for about three leaders? And now he's got 270 churches out here. On the, and, you know, well, we better go check his doctrine, you know, and he goes and check. They're already doing that and doing new things because they weren't stuck in these singular paradigms, these myopic ways of doing it. And if we don't do it that way, every single doggone time the doors are open, then we're missing God and it's just not spiritual. This doesn't feel comfortable to me. No, it won't if you like religion. But if you like the spirit of God, you're already accustomed to him changing two or three times a day, five or six times a day. You're coming to you one way in prayer, coming to you another way in prayer, using having a prayer language that sounds like this for a long time, and then all of a sudden, it, the whole thing changes. Patterns change, rhythm, and you know it's God at the same time. Your mind's going, what the heck? And your spirit's going, yay, we're advancing. It's all this stuff going on. That's not comfortable to people that don't understand the spirit of God and the kingdom of God, because you're afraid of everything, so you grab it and got to put it in. Well, this is the way I understand it. Okay. Woo. Okay. And to me, I'm saying, is it, um, is it, is it, uh, you know, what did Luther say? He said, the take the test. He said, is it immoral? Is it unethical? Or is it, what was the other one? Is it immoral, unethical, or unscriptural? Because if it's not, not these three things, then you should do it. <laughs> you know, why would you hesitate? It's not an immoral. It's not unethical. It's not unspiritual, uh, you know, un un unscriptural do it. Um, that's a great way to test things, you know. 
Um, but anyway, the Antioch concept was strategic. They were tactical headquarters coordinating regional and national and international operations of the Holy Spirit. Again, a huge, huge shift from the Jerusalem concept. I'm going to break these down a little bit, and I'm going to give some practical things, and I think it's going to hit some people as we... Boy, I miss that. There it is, the time up in there. I didn't have my screen open big enough. So, And lastly is the Ephesus concept. Now, the Ephesus concept of building churches is the existing church. It, it exists already. It's not just being pioneered, but this existing church is restructured and remodeled until it becomes effective in reaching its city and region. Um, its nature, its concept of ministry and leadership go through dramatic changes until it becomes a church that influences the city and takes a nation for Christ. It becomes common that a church um, sets out on the mandates of God, first and foremost, before everything else, and gains some ground and success with it. And when they multiply churches, they multiply the same type. It's like us <laughs> oh well. It's like us arguing about, well, it's not about souls, it's about sons. How are you gonna have sons if you don't have souls? Knock knock. I'm thinking that's why I was trying to sometime I try to talk about <laughs> sometime I try to talk about it's not about dissecting everything to such a degree that you cut everything out. Because things need the other things. Every everything's like a chain. In the, in the kingdom of God. It's a link, and it has to link together to the next thing in order for it to be strong. And so, I mean, I'm thinking, that's great. We, we need to make disciples, but you can't make disciples if you don't have anybody there to make disciples with. So which one do we focus on in this new generation and new anointing that we're in? Both. How are you going to, you won't have any, <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, um, so that's my perspective on that. <laughs> no, it's so true. No, st no, stick Thank with you. this because I'm, I'm looking Thank at something. Thank you. <laughs> talk I mean, I'm, I'm listening to this and I'm, I'm looking at it. You see, what happens is we talk about, we don't need to box up the Holy Spirit. We don't need to box up Jesus. You can't box him up in the first place. But the whole thing of it is, is this, you said something that was so pregnant. It is like, uh, not a daisy chain, but it's like a chain. It's like yeah. part, yeah. it's line upon line, perception upon perception, and all of those things change. So no, you keep it up. Go ahead. <laughs> What's a daisy chain, by the way? <laughs> I don't know. I'll look that up. <laughs> <laughs> you might know, you know want to look that up, Doc. I will. <laughs> I, I, I will. Somebody will stick it up there and tell me, Frederick, what is I, it? I don't know if they will. But anyway, the Jerusalem concept of building churches, um, as we as we talked about, it was the beginning of the church, man. When it first got founded, it was supernatural and it was unique. I mean, it was started from that day of Pentecost, tarry here until you be endued with power and you be my witnesses, first in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the utter most parts of the earth, you know, expand, get this thing out to all nations. And and the church, um, you know, was born during the Feast of Pentecost, which is pretty phenomenal, the Feast of Tabernacles. So kind of ironic, you know, he's, he's starting 
tabernacles uh, that is going to have worship in them. And, and, and several thousand overseas visitors are joining them immediately uh, after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I mean, they're preaching and Peter's on fire now. He denied God, but now he's baptizing the Spirit of God with Mother Mary, and they're both talking in tongues and prophesying and preaching Jesus and repent and don't worship the Pope or worship her later on in life or nothing. <laughs> don't worship uh, dead saints or dead people, all that kind of stuff, you know. Many visitors appeared who stayed and devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And sometimes that's what'll happen. Sometimes you'll get in a service and you go back home and you you, you pick up your whole house and move because you know you need to move there. And that's what it was, it, it's something that a lot of people move through in the book of Acts is it says, and, and many returned and became devout followers. What? what? That's heavy in itself. I mean, they went back home, closed out their stuff, and said, we got to get over here where the fire is. We'll find some jobs. God's going to bless. He's gonna, whatever. Or they transfer. I don't know how it worked back in those days, but they did it, and it's recorded. And it's re not, I mean, And I say this for all the skepticals. It's not only recorded in the Bible. Th statements like these can be paralleled to historical evidence. They took strict records. They didn't have recorders. They had scribes who wrote down everything. They had scribes in the church. They had scribes in the city. Everybody had scribes. They had scribes, business people hired scribes, and all their job was to record conversations because you didn't have a way. You didn't have no TV prompters or, you know, um, uh, stuff you could record things, you know. Uh, that's how they had to do it. So there's so much information when people say Jesus never really existed. I'm like, dude. If you just read, don't even read the Bible, read the secular history, he existed. They talk all about him throughout his life. I mean, it's just interesting. Those who were added that day and onwards totaled tens of thousands of people in the church, according to church history. And, and understand, they're preaching a message that is contrary to the the religion, the sanctioned religion, the governing official religion, if you don't worship this way, you're not one of us kind of kind of situation. So understand it wasn't like it was just a free for all or like America or whatever. No, man, he was he was <laughs> the church was coming out coming opposite. But now at the same time, they're praying in tongues, they're blessing people, they're praying for people, they're they're ministering to folks, they're not trying to harm people, nobody's got weapons on them. And they're confused because it's like these guys are gaining converts so quick because there's a grace on the message of Jesus Christ, him crucified and resurrected. And to you, you're tired of saying it because your faith is dusty in your heart. You know, when people say folk don't want to hear that anymore, that's still the message. It's, that means it's not fresh inside of you anymore. And, and everything we do and every message we preached on should be about Christ. I mean, we should be showing why we talk about this subject, because in Christ, this was provided for us. So no matter what we're preaching, it's stemming from, anyway, I know you know, Doc B, but, you know, Christology was a central, a central theme of everything preached. And the reason we don't affect our society so much today is because we don't use Christology. You, and people say, well, I, you can't teach on that every single week and raise a church. 
Everything you preach stems from it. Tell them how. That's all you got to do. And then preach the message. Whatever. Preach, bless your animal Sunday. Well, that doesn't have anything to do with Jesus. Then you shouldn't preach it. If, it, if you can find scripture and tie it to it, which I know of a couple of scriptures you probably could use to do that, but I'm not going to say it because some knucklehead will have a month of, pet, month of bring your pet. Maybe it led people to the church, though. They're fool out there. I don't know if I want those kind of, anyway. Um, somebody does, though. There's a church for you. Hallelujah. <laughs> may not be mine, but there's a church for you. Hallelujah. In the early stages, in the beginning, the apostles did almost all the work in the church. That's normally how it happens. And the miracles were restricted to their hands only, which is interesting. Not what Jesus said, not what Jesus taught was going to happen. They quoted Old Testament scriptures stating that the people and the Gentiles would flow in the riches of the Spirit. And, and and the healing would be in our wings and all of that kind of stuff. So they knew it was there, but it was safe to keep things controlled. It's hard to manage people that don't act like you want them to act. <laughs> when they come out of your system and structure, when they're your people, well, I know how white folks act. Well, I know how black folks act. Well, I know, I know how Hispanics act. You know, and so that's that's what I know, and that's that's you know, okay, okay, okay. But but, but you see, in this aspect, they're having to lead people into this kingdom concept, which was different. The Bible says in Acts two forty three, and everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. Now again, the apostles are stepping out. The people are watching. And, and honestly, I don't condemn it for that time. This was the birth of the church, and there had to be a pattern set. And leaders are vanguards. They go forth to set examples and, and uh, of things as best that they can so the people can pick up on it, maybe even add to it or grow from it or give insight. In Acts 3, 4, uh, um, three, four through 8, <laughs> here we go, <laughs> and Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze upon him and said, look at us. <laughs> and he began to give him his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, do not possess so. I can't just stop and just say a minute. What He said, look at us. I mean, you know, don't look at me. Who's he going to look at? You're the rep, you're the one in between. I mean, look at me. Look, look me in the, I tell folks that all the time. Look me in the eyes. Because I feel like there's a, I can lock with them spiritually somehow. And, and I'm not trying to, I ain't, I, don't, I ain't trying to read nothing inside. I don't to figure out no gory details. I just want to release the blessing that they came to get. That's my job at that moment. Not to be a Snoopy dude, because I just don't want him. He might feel, I might feel stuff, but I have to be obedient to God and I have to be faithful to what he tells me, or I'm going to use knowledge of things to dirty my word or my interaction. That's a whole nother message. I know we're coming down on minutes there, but you know, obviously he told him I don't possess silver or gold, but what I have, I'll give to you. And in the name of Jesus Christ, he told him to walk. <laughs> Wasn't that a great prayer? In the name of Jesus, walk. <laughs> he didn't pray for me. Yeah. Well, maybe you weren't ready to respond. You know, it's like um, what was that Gehazi, that uh, the servant guy that came out and, and 
Elijah sent Gehazi out to Naaman, Naaman, Naaman. And he said, he said I don't want him. I'm like, give me, give me the main guy here. You know? <laughs> Praise God. I love it. I know I got to quit here in just a minute. But and, and let me give another scripture in Acts 4.33. And with great power, the apostles were giving witness to the resurrection. I just want to point out, all of these are telling you what apostles do. It doesn't say that they made new billboards and held another conference. There's nothing wrong with that. It says they took it to them. They took it to them. If you got this great anointing and great wisdom and great knowledge, then take it to them. Lead the way. Vanguard out. You know, well, I understand, but our job is to equip this. I understand. But you got to show them how to get souls so your evangelists get lit. You got to show them how to pastor so the pastors get raised. You got to show them how to prophesy so the prophets get raised. Yes, but I'm not necessarily a prophet, but you're, no, I ain't trying to make, I'm saying prime the stinking pump, man of God, woman of God, and release that spirit, put it out there, and then raise them up. Coach them through it. Most coaches can't play against the players. They're not capable. They're not the same, but they're coach. Anyway, pastors need to understand this because they act weak sometimes. And well, I'm just a pastor and you're intimidating me by using them. I, just be a doggone pastor then. Leave, would you? Is an excuse. Uh, uh, help me to understand because sometimes I can be thick, but. <laughs> Doesn't leading mean movement? <laughs> you got to be somewhere. You got to be going somewhere. Yeah, the, the word itself. Yeah. Exactly. It's alive. It's alive. It's, it's not dull and stagnant. It's not. It's really not. But, you know, those 12 men were born and bred within 50-mile range of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. They knew the language, the customs, the administrations of the city. The apostles were actively handling all financial decisions and administration of all matters relating to the community living in the saints. And I probably got to quit for now. I don't know. You tell me how much yeah, further. We're finished here. But what I want to do is to get into this because you talked about. Yeah, I want to head into it further. Jerusalem. Yeah. Uh, the concept in Jerusalem, the one in Ephesus, and uh, the one in uh, Antioch. And as we come back, as we go next week, or next week, I really want you to get into, as you're, you're getting into this, is to make this so that it's comparison. You know, we, we had talked, and yeah. I yeah. know that there are things, you talked about history, and our program is about the history. And weren't things going on historically that, that, uh, that mirrored or that were... Uh, uh, consecutive. I mean, that 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 showed that this was going on here and this was going on here. And I've heard you say that it was almost as if the church was going in one way, the world was going in another way, and the church was doing what it was doing. It was not. Uh, it didn't head out to fight this thing, but it it slowed. It did what it had to do. So I really want you to get into that because the church we need to be active. It wasn't looking at the newspaper to find out what was going on and then reacting, but it was an action. It was an action thing. And this is Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology and 
Apostle Barry Cook, who is a doctor in history and in a whole lot of other stuff, okay, telling you that we're here still telling it like it is. And it's really telling it like it is. And it ain't going to fake it. So we want you back. We want you to tell people to join us because you will get something out of this with all of your getting. Get to understand the history of stuff. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>